Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week. I feel like that's just part of the intro at this point, (laughs) but it's true. I love this podcast. I love being here with you. I hope you're enjoying it just as much as I am. I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) So I'm really excited for today's guest. It's Rebecca Schwartz, and she is the host of an amazing podcast that I was recently on called Dating in the Bay, B-A-E, which I love. It's like a little play on our girl Beyonce, Bay, and the Bay, of, as in San Francisco Bay. So um, her podcast is all about dating, and we just have the best conversation about dating. Dating in San Francisco is notoriously really hard. I've also heard that about Los Angeles and New York. So I've kind of got this working theory that basically people think that dating in cities is hard. And we talk about that. Like, We talk about option overload and what happens when you have so many options, you just, you don't make a choice. Like you get fatigued. It's like uh, option fatigue. There's a name for that. Can't remember it, but that's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) Definitely stick around for the episode. It's so good. Um, Rebecca shares all kinds of things about her tips and tricks to get psyched for dates and how to get through dates and actually kind of like why we date. We talk a little bit about the personal growth that happens when you are dating. I know my personal growth when I was dating was like insane. Like I learned so much about myself through dating and interacting with strangers and just engaging (laughs) with the sometimes awkwardness of dating. (laughs) Let's be real. It is a little awkward sometimes. And then realizing, and I talk a little bit about this with Rebecca that like, by the end when I was dating, I was just like, I don't, I, I, if I'm alone for the rest of my life, I will be so happy, just so happy. And then bam, that's when I met my husband. Of course. Isn't that always a story? And so now I'm wondering like, where can I apply that to the rest of my life? So like with entrepreneurship, just being like, you know what? If this is the business that I have for the rest of my life, bam, I'm just going to be happy with it. Like if this relationship with my husband, it remains the exact same that it is today, bam, I'm just going to be happy with it. Like there's just so many things in life that I can get so frustrated with (laughs) and caught up in like this growth mindset and wanting to be there. And really it's like, wait a second. What if I flip it, flip it, turn around, flip it and reverse it and realize that like what I have is abundant and beautiful and amazing and maybe it's good enough. (laughs) Maybe it's good enough for me. Just food for thought. Food for thought on your own dating journey or wherever you are in your – wherever you are in your dating life. Maybe you are – um, coupled. Maybe you are not dating at all. I definitely recommend taking breaks. We talk about that as well. Yeah. All things dating. Can't wait. Before we get into the episode, as always, I want to give you my check-in for this week. And my check-in continues from last week where I talked about being on a solo staycation. So excited. I'm house-sitting. I'm being, I'm just like alone for two weeks. I am getting out onto the ocean every single day. I am kayaking and paddleboarding. There's like this family of like 15 or more sea otters that I pass by every single morning. And, you know, I have to stay 
50-ish feet away from them legally. So I, from 50 feet away, just like give them a little bow. And sometimes I say good morning. And I just get to see them play around in the salty sea and or salty ocean and stare at me as if I'm a hostile stranger, which I technically am. And then the other day I was paddleboarding and I saw this like tie-dye purple jellyfish, just jellyfishing around. And I was just like, man, I was calling in delight. Like that's something that I've just been asking for. It's a feeling that I really want to invoke more of. Just that full, you know, that full feeling of just true delight when you're like, you're kind of surprised and you're excited. And in this moment, I was like slightly scared because I was just on a paddleboard and like, what if I fell in and the jellyfish was really close? (laughs) But true delight. And so I was so, 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 so grateful for that experience. And I'm hoping for many more as I explore this very just smallish patch of of coast that's got a lot of sea life on it. Oh my God, I saw a sea lion literally jumping out of the water. Like, you know, you always see the sea lions and the seals on the rocks just sunbathing. I've never seen them like actually get on the rock. I never really thought about it. And this morning I watched a sea lion like jump out of the water. It didn't have like a ladder. It wasn't like getting out of a pool and like climbing up the steps. Like it just jumped out of the water onto a pier. And it was like a like a horizontal like piece of wood that a bunch of sea lions were just lounging on. And this guy just jumped all the way up. Mind completely blown. Oh, Frida is right next to me. If you can hear her, there's my dog Frida. She's coming to cuddle and also say hello to all of you. Hi, Frida. So that's my check-in for today. And I'm excited to give you a few announcements with what's going on here at Lit AF. So Magnetic AF is a membership that I host for women that are on their personal and spiritual path. It is an amazing community of women supporting women. We gather weekly for community calls and I've been hosting new moon and full moon rituals as part of our weekly community calls. And these have just been amazing. I host yoga nidra practices. I host movement practices, which really is a fancy way of saying dance party. (laughs) as well as um, some chanting and singing and journaling and um, using tarot and my guides to really guide the process of what we're working on, what we're uncovering, what we're unblocking, and then what we're calling in. These rituals have just been so special, and I want to host one for all of you for absolutely free on August 9th. It's going to be a new moon ritual, and I hope that you will consider joining for absolutely free just for you, for listeners, for the Lit AF community, and that is going to be on August 9th, and the, f- the new moon will be in Leo, Leo the Lion, 
Leo the lion loves their spotlight. Oh yeah. So we're going to, um, we're going to have an amazing ritual. I'm really excited. I really hope that you will join. New moons are really, really, really powerful for calling things in. Full moons really are for letting things go. New moons are very much, what are we calling in? What do we want to manifest? What are we hoping to grow or, um, plant a new seed for that kind of thing. And if you are interested in joining, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash new moon. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash new moon. And when you um, sign up, you'll get all the link or all the details to join. It'll be at 5 p.m. So Monday, August 9th, 5 p.m. Pacific time. And I hope you can join. This really is like a potent time to to manifest. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. And then the other thing that I want to announce is that I have a new offering. And this is really exciting and close to my heart. So I am offering, in addition to my regular um, coaching sessions, I'm also offering one-on-one attunement sessions. And this session is really about using um, your guides and my guides, our guides are going to talk together. They'll have like a little party and work on and show you your next steps for whatever you're working on. So this could be if you are starting a business or if you're trying to get a promotion, if you're calling in partnership, if you are want to get a raise, anything that you're working on, if you are triggered by your family, if if you are planning a vacation and you want to know like what is the right next best step for you, this session is for you. So I will use tarot as well as my extremely trauma-informed coaching background. And I incorporate attachment theory into everything that I do as well as shadow work, which means um, when you're working with me, I'm really engaging with your attachment style, whatever that might be. If that's anxious, um, dismissive avoidant, if it's disorganized or fearful avoidant, or maybe it's secure, uh, yay, secure folks, come on over. I will take that into account while we're doing this coaching session. And I incorporate human design and astrology and so many other things um, to really help you move forward in life. Because I know sometimes we can get just a little bit stuck and maybe we have that option overload <laughs> like we do in dating. Or um, we just can't quite see the clear next thing. So I want to help you with that. You can visit my website, sarahcohan.com under work with me. And there you can find how to book I'm really excited about this offering. It just feels so incredibly deeply in line with me. And I'm really, really looking forward to working with you. So um, again, if you're interested in booking, you can go or checking out more information. Go to sarahcohan.com and under the menu bar, you'll see the link to work with me. That's it for my announcements. And so without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to Lydia. 
enough, Rebecca Schwartz. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So Rebecca is the host of a podcast called Dating in the Bay, and the Bay is spelled B-A-E, which I'm obsessed with because it's like Beyonce meets San Francisco meets the Bay meets dating, and it's so fun, and it's so funny, and Rebecca is an amazing host, and she recently had me on the show, so I'm excited to have her here. Thank you. And also, did I tell you a funny story that I actually initially was going to do dating in the Bay, just B-A-Y, but the Instagram handle was taken. So then I just <gasps> – and I was like, oh, how about Bay? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's a little serendipity. That's hilarious because it's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. it was an accident. <laughs> it was a beautiful accident. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, this girl's so smart. <laughs> no, it was just like the chocolate chip cookie on accident. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So your show talks all about dating specific to San Francisco sometimes, but dating in general. And I love it because we've had some crossover guests and dating is like one of my favorite topics, even though I'm married. To me, dating is like one of the biggest growth like periods in someone's life. And so you get to talk about this day in and day out. So I'm really curious. Tell us about your podcast. How did you get it started? And what like, what about dating are you so interested in? Okay. So I'll preface this with at the beginning of the pandemic, I was unemployed for nine months. So I had so much time and there's only so many miles you can wander around San Francisco. <laughs> so <laughs> like true. I would just see the same people over and over again, which was great. Like I got to know all the people, the other wanderers. Then I randomly heard a, ran, a random podcast about this guy, Roger Love, who was a voice coach uh, for celebrities like Bradley Cooper. And then this it was like on the, I forget which podcast it was, but I heard him as a guest. And then I was like, oh, I should take a voice class because that would, seems like it could help with my interviewing. And then I was like, wait, what if I just start a podcast? Because it'd be helping me practice speaking for my interviews. And it's like a great kind of way to, I don't know, pass the time. And I just had a lot of time to kill. And I mean, I love talking about dating. I had the Dating in the Bay Instagram account. And my friend and I had initially started the podcast together like a long time before, but then it had died. And so I really hadn't thought about doing it ever on my by myself ever because I was like, it was kind of off the table for me. I was like, there's no way I'm going to ever do a solo podcast. That sounds like disaster. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, I, I love talking about dating. And I was like, what if I just bring on people every week and talk about the issues that I'm thinking about, basically everything. It's kind of like a journey of sorts where all the things that are kind of top of mind for my dating and a relationship life, I feel like I'm able to share my experience with everybody else, but through hopefully like a learning way where we can kind of leave like tangible, like little baby steps of like growth. I think that's probably hopefully, hopefully people are learning from it. I don't know. We'll see. I think it comes across for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool. So what have you learned about dating from your podcast? Like how do you approach it differently now that you've had all these guests, amazing guests, and talked to them about um, dating? I guess going into the podcast, I had a good sense of I want dating to be really fun and I want to share my fun experience and like my approach with my listeners. And I think since it started, I think I've learned how much more like resilient we all are. Like we're constantly facing rejection, disappointment, all these feelings that are not particularly pleasant. But if you can redirect them into something positive, I think that's been the most helpful learning is like we're all facing really similar things. Like we're all in this constant hamster wheel of sorts where we're dealing with these similar feelings and like rejection stings, disappointment stings, 
getting ghosted and you never even get your closure or like even knowing if the door is open or closed, that stings. But we always keep going and our little strong hearts just always are still so strong and we're always like still trying. And I think that keeping everybody in the game and not giving up, that's been my goal is like, I don't want people to give up and I don't want them to get jaded or bitter because that can breed negativity. And that doesn't really like, it's not ever a fruitful ending for anybody, especially the person who's bitter. And (laughs) it's like, just don't do it. Don't, don't be like that person. Cause I know we've all had our moments. I know I have. So I'm like, don't do that, Rebecca. You're better than that. Love that. (laughs) It's so true. I remember I was dating some guy and it was very ambivalent, like what we were both looking for. It was very casual, but I really liked him. And I remember Oh, this is so long ago, but on Tinder, they used to have like the status updates. I don't know if they still have them, but it was like stories for Tinder basically. And so I saw him post a story that he was on a date and he got ghosted. And I was just like, technology is so crazy that like I'm sitting here getting ghosted by you. You're posting about getting ghosted by someone else. Like we're all, we're all like getting ghosted. (laughs) That's also like, that's super meta. It was so meta. And then I accidentally like swipe, like swiped and commented or like, I liked it. I think you could like it. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't want him to think that like I support him in this. Like this is so confusing. But it's true that we're all How do you undo it? Yeah, right. I totally flipped out. And I was like, breathe. It doesn't matter. Like none of this matters. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Not my person. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's okay. That's the thing too. It's like you can mess up and it doesn't matter. And that's the thing. Everything is practice and everything is, I think somebody else said this or maybe you, I forget who it's like, you can't do that, say the wrong thing to the right person. And I really think that's true. I just feel like if, like, if let's say you hearted something, like that wouldn't make or break if that person was really going to be somebody in your life. Like that would be like, oh, that's cute and funny and goofy if they really like were going to be in your life. But if it wasn't, then it would come across totally differently. So it's just there's nothing you can do to drive somebody away. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Where were you five years ago when I was in the dating pool? <laughs> well, I, I'm like constantly always just I – I write all these things in my notes. Like I'm like – this is like I just have these little reminders because I feel like it's you have to keep on saying it over and over again. Yes, repetition for sure, for sure. So your podcast really speaks to dating in San Francisco, and I'm curious: Do you think that dating is particularly hard in San Francisco as opposed to other cities? Okay, so I've heard this argument before that dating in San Francisco is particularly hard. Okay, yes, it is really hard in San Francisco for a number of reasons, but. I'll say that modern dating today, as it currently is, is insanely hard. Like, it's just not a normal environment to be swiping and kind of shopping around and super casual and just treating people like they're not a person. But, like, from the podcast, I have lots of listeners who are not in San Francisco. And, you know, if somebody is in rural Iowa, their dating scene is really hard. They have to drive two hours to a major city to go on a first date like that. I would I don't think I would do that. <laughs> I, I would be like, you have to come to me in my little rural town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's gotta be so much communication before that for me to yeah. get a car to drive two yeah. hours. And so for here, I think sometimes we always say, Oh, it's really hard here because like there's a stereotypical tech bros who are, you know, fratty or like they're I don't know, all these stereotypes about San Francisco. But I think in a lot of ways it's easier because let's say I want to go on a date once a week. I know I'll fill my slot. I'll always find somebody to go out with. But in Iowa, I don't know how that hard that is. <laughs> or like some people just say like, you know, they expand their range really far and they can't find anybody. And that we don't have that problem here, which is a nice problem that we don't have right now. But I also think it also creates this problem where 
there is always somebody else and that you can always do better. There's someone younger, hotter, blah, blah, blah. You'll find it. And that kind of mentality I don't think is healthy either. So I think we kind of get stuck in this weird limbo where, I mean, most of my friends who were single at the beginning of the pandemic met their now long-term boyfriends on dating apps and they're in serious relationships. Wow. So, and they are all in San Francisco or like in the Bay Area. So I don't think that it's like inherently San Francisco. I just think that whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it, right? And I think I think that kind of ties into like, at least part of my mentality is an abundance mindset. It's just, it can be really hard when you put so much pressure on one person. Let's say you have a really good first date and then you start imagining like, this could be my husband. Like, I wonder what our kids would look like. What should we get for our wedding? Like, where should we go on the honeymoon? Like, well, my parents, like his parents, all these things. And then that creates a whole fantasy storyline. And it's like, wait, come back to reality. And let's say like that person ghosts you or who knows what could happen. But putting it all on that one person and all those expectations is just too much. So having an abundance mindset helps me at least because I'm like, oh, I connected with this person. Maybe it didn't work out, but I know I'll feel that again because I just proved to myself that I had a good time with that person. So kind of reminding all of ourselves that there's always, and for everything, it's like there's an abundance mindset. I think it helps at least a long way. Yeah. Yes. I think it's such like a, a wonderful way to look at it. So talk to me about, I can't remember the exact word for it, but it's like choice overload. So like you have too many options. And so instead of choosing something, you just go back into like re like weighing all the options over and over and over again. And then you just, oh, you don't end up making a decision. So I'm just curious, like how have you seen this playing out in the dating world? Yeah. I mean, the paradox of choice, it's like the most rampant problem in the dating app culture, I think. It's kind of just this idea that, yeah, you can always find somebody else to go out with, like writing somebody off for some really small thing. It's also just really hard to know in general where somebody's at in their life outside of you know external factors. We only are seeing them in this one context, especially during the pandemic too. It's like you don't know what their friends are like, what their family's like, what they're like in a bar setting. Are they super easygoing? Are they going to yell at the bartender? You don't have any context clues. But also on top of that, it's, you don't know what's going on in their life. Like, are they having housing issues? Are they having financial issues? Are they having issues with like a friend or like a family member? Like you just don't know. So a lot of times I think we can always blame ourselves for everything. At least I know I do. Or if like I don't hear back from somebody, I'm like, what did I do? And then I start going down a rabbit hole of like, what, what was it that one thing that I wrote? Was it, I start analyzing and just kind of trying to figure out. But really, most likely, it's not about me, as self-centered as I can be. Like, it's probably has something to do with me. It probably has to do with, like, whatever they're doing and dealing with. Who knows? Maybe they met somebody else. They had been going out with four people, but really, like, the other person they had been seeing longer, and then they kind of were just doing this to decide if they wanted to still see that person. Like, we just don't have any context, and there's no visibility, which I don't think, even in the old days, we probably had any visibility into that, like, during our parents' time. So I think it's just more amplified now because you know – like, okay, so on dating apps, it's like, you know, inherently, if someone unmatches you, it's like, oh, where'd you go? You were just there. And now poof. So it's like an immediate rejection. Or it's like, I see you looking at my Instagram stories, mister, but how come you never like ask me out again, but I see you hovering and so all these kind of subtle passive ways that somebody can still orbit in your life, but then not ever have any actually intentions. And I guess that kind of, I don't know if this answers your question or not, but it kind of just, it's just this really murky environment is existing in an ongoing basis without knowing when you're going to get off the ride. It's kind of just like a, it's an experience. I would it's say. an experience. <laughs> I love that. And maybe even just identifying the fact that like we might be in a little choice overload and no one's making a decision can be helpful. <laughs> but I also think it's like a bar. So 
it's just like if you get one good match out of like 300 or 100 that's like a bar like I went to a bar a couple weeks ago and gave out my number to one guy and I was like that's a great odds because I only need to give my number out once and that's basically me and swiping but in person in person swiping that's amazing yeah so did he he text back he did oh my god yeah yeah so I have this thing where I put my phone number in my pocket and I give myself challenges to like force myself to meet people in real life. And so I actually had it, but then he asked for my number. So I was like, this is even better. I didn't even have to pull out my piece of paper. Um, oh so yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So That's it works. So cool. I think it, it also just having it in my pocket will change my energy because I'm like, I know at any given moment I could give out my number to anybody and make their day. And I once gave it to a guy who was engaged but he was so flattered like he had a little pep in his step he you could tell he was like tickled he was so happy and he just like pranced away yeah he was like i I still have it i know that's what he was thinking got it check out this i still got it yeah he was like Um, i bet he probably called his fiance afterwards oh for sure and she was like what (laughs) she's like hey you're not that great (laughs) okay calm down (laughs) yeah cool your jets (laughs) i love this because it's like you're preparing your brain before you even leave the house to be open like yeah because i remember going out and being like why is no one talking to me and then because i was already upset about it i like of course someone was gonna fucking talk to me i was like looked angry you know like (laughs) I already looked resentful like (laughs) yeah well yeah and it's just it's so true like energy that's what I kind of also I've learned through the podcast and all of my guests like your energy matters more than anything else like it doesn't matter how cute your outfit is it doesn't matter how many interesting things you have to say like you need to be interested in your date and you need to be like positive and have happy energy which is why I'm like really into preserving your energy. So like if you don't want to go on a date, like you have some weird feeling about it or like you're in a bad mood or something's, you know, off, like I would just not go on that date because you don't want to have a negative experience because that's how you create a negative idea of dating that you don't want to have. So like you want it to be a positive, fun thing with it, you know, and that's why my phone number thing is fun because I'm like, I feel like a little super cape. Yeah. Like one of your cape things. I feel like I have that on when I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know, it just changes my whole vibe and energy. And then I kind of just prance around. And I walked up to that random guy at the bar. And I was I'm so embarrassing. I was like, can you believe it? He was like, what? I was like, we're at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like say really stupid stuff like that. But it doesn't really matter what you say. I'm just like really happy and just like waltzed <laughs> over there. <laughs> I love that. And he's probably yeah. like, this girl's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if cool is the word. I would say like... <laughs> She's high energy. Yeah. Yeah. I just like buzzed over. (laughs) It's so fun. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. It's just fun to do. And it's like, it was funny because I was with a group of girls at the bar and then like one of them, she was like, well, there's no attractive men here. And I was like, it doesn't matter if there are attractive men. Like it's about you, like your energy. So if you're going to have the energy that I don't like anybody here, like you're rejecting every single person at this bar, like you're not going to get very far, but if you look at it, like, I just want to have a random connection with somebody and like, I want to like have a funny, silly interaction. Like, that's all it is. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to get a husband out of this interaction. Like that is quite an aggressive, you know, assumption to make. Like, I'm just going up and being like buzzing, you know, my little, I don't even fumbling self. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. I love that. So, okay. Let's talk about taking app breaks because that was like my biggest 
important thing that I did. And I didn't realize when I first started dating as an adult that that was an important thing to do. Like I was just like, now I'm dating and I'm going to date forever until I find my husband. And then I remember being just like so exhausted by the apps and like swiping and like, you know, I felt like like every couple of months I would go on just like a series of like not great dates and I was just not excited about it. And I was like, oh, okay. That means it's time to like shut down the app. So I'm curious, like, what do you think about app breaks and and how often do you take them? Yes. That's a great question. And it's true. It's like, cause it dating's kind of like working out. It's like, you're not going to run a marathon forever indefinitely. You're going to stop. You're going to be like, okay, let's pause and like take pause a little further. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a nap because we're tired. Um, and yeah, I think I think breaks are really healthy. It, my only caveat would be like the intent of a break. It's like if you're going to do a break, you need to take a full break, like delete all the apps off your phone. You need to be also using your energy really in like a good way. And you want to make sure it's not an avoidance thing where like I don't want to feel negative feelings. So which is like what I've also been guilty of. That's why I know this so well. It's like, oh, I know all of the cat I know all of like the ways to circumvent the system. So it's like if you're using it as like, oh, I'm just not gonna do it because I don't want to date, but I don't want to like not date. So I'm gonna just say I'm on a break. Uh, but then kind of be on the apps and then also simultaneously get disappointed and then kind of keep in that half cycle where you're like one step in, one step out. That's where it's kind of can get a little bit murky. But I think taking dating app breaks is really healthy or dating breaks in general. You want to also focus on yourself and like doing things that you want to do inherently just for yourself, not because you want to meet somebody through it. Like I know a lot of times people are like, oh, just like do an activity and like you'll meet somebody that way. And for me, it's kind of the opposite where it's like, I want to just do an activity for myself and like with not the expectation that you have to then meet somebody that like defeats the entire purpose of doing something for yourself. Like you're just doing it for you, not to like with the ulterior motive of like, oh, and I hope secretly somebody spots me doing this. And then, and I'm seen and found, like, I'm a little just like fairy. Like, no. (laughs) Rebecca, get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. (laughs) That's totally what I would do. I remember I when I was single, I, I went through – so out of college, I was in a nine-year relationship. So when I found myself single, it was the first time I'd ever been single as an adult. And so I just had like no clue what I was doing at all. And so I read this amazing book about how to be single. And one of the things was – do an activity for yourself once a week, like once a week and commit to it. <laughs> I was totally doing what you're talking about where I'd be like on a bike ride being like, maybe someone will like just see me on this bike and we're going to fall in love and I'm never going to be lonely again. <laughs> and the thing is like, I'm sure that's probably happened once in a blue moon, just like somebody's probably met their soulmate on words of friends or like some random things. But it's like to do it with the ex, like without having the outcome associated with it and just doing it to like fill your own cup up in every rom-com you know it's like they always still end up with the guy right I wish I would just see one rom-com where it's like they're okay not that I don't want a happy ending for myself but like I also want to know that you'd be okay on your own without either way that person yeah like it's not dependent (laughs) on that person like they always somehow just like oh and then we also like lived happily ever after I'm like yeah but like what about just like before that like we don't even have to know that there was even anybody else in the picture I love that. I remember, <laughs> first of all, totally agree with you. Hope Hollywood is listening. Obviously, they are. Like, we definitely Hello, need Hollywood. Yes, we need more of those. <laughs> yes, please. Thanks. But also, <laughs> I remember when I was dating, everyone was like, well, you're going to meet your person as soon as you say, I'm not, I don't, I don't even need someone. 
And I remember being like, okay, well then I'm just going to skip all of the steps and just keep saying that to myself that like, I don't need a partner. I'm hundred percent fine on my own. Like I am like, I don't need anyone. The gross thing is that like, it is actually 1000% true. The moment that I was like, I really actually do not need a partner. I'm like 1000% fine on my own and I'm living my best life. That is when I went my husband. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, okay. But here's, well, I'll, I'll see you. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. So how did you meet your husband though? So he and I met on Tinder and he- Okay. So see, you were doing some, so you were doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. See, exactly. everybody's always doing something. Like you weren't like sitting in your apartment and somebody like, you know, inserted themselves into your- appeared. Yeah, And they fell. Yeah. And they're like, and you were like, I wasn't looking, but then they just broke in my apartment. And then I don't know, yeah. like we just did it. Like, like you're always doing something, you know, to be proactive. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. were doing something. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. It's like, yeah, I think that, I mean, I've gotten that advice many a time where people are like, just stop looking. They're like, Rebecca, you are trying too hard. You want- some to find somebody so badly that you're going to scare them off. And then I'm like, and then they say also, you need to stop. But if you don't try, if you just sit at home all day and eat bonbons, how are you ever going to meet somebody? You're never going to And then they're like, yeah. And then they're also simultaneously saying like, you need to stop looking when you least expect it. That's when somebody will just fall in your lap. And it's like, well, none of that, like none of the things are helpful. For some reason, my, my brain just like doesn't process any of those statements because I'm like, I just have to keep doing what I'm doing because it's like fun and I can't do everything based on an outcome. Right. Like yeah. expecting, expecting an outcome. And I'm never just like, Oh, I want a relationship. Cause like I could, it's another thing too. This is like just a tangent, but I feel like on the apps, people assume anybody in their mid to late thirties, they're just hunting for a boyfriend or a father, like for their future child. <laughs> like people just say the craziest stuff on apps. And I'm like, Whoa, I was like, I was just wondering if you could get a drink. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> like, I was just, I mean, I usually would like, have what's to go your out. 401k plan? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm always just like, I would usually have to decide, you know, I have to go on a couple dates with you to decide if I would ever want to date you. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> like, I've gotten, like, before I even met somebody, they're like, is he, like, I just, like, think we're looking for different things. I was like, I've never said anything. And, like, they kind of put all these storylines on us, I think. I don't know if it's age. I don't know. But that's just my own personal pet peeve. I'm like, dude. Cool your jets. We're just good. Relax. Relax. I just want to grab a drink. That's it. Oh, my God. It Maybe get better. some French fries. That's it. <laughs> and they're like, French fries? I'm looking yeah. for kids. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Our time isn't, like, running out. Like, relax. Yeah. I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So I am curious. What are your best dating tips? I feel like we just got into a couple of them, but I'd love to hear more from you. One of my favorite tips that I always use on myself is I'm, if I'm going on a first date in particular, I'll always plan something afterwards to reward myself. So whether it be like, I know I'm going to watch like my favorite show afterwards, or like I'm going to meet a friend for a drink, or I'm going to get ice cream on my way home or any small reward because dating is brave. Like I think people need to remember how brave we're being. Like we're constantly putting ourselves in really uncomfortable positions where you're kind of, it's this microcosm of just like every insecurity known to humankind. And it's just in your face and you're constantly bombarded with it. And we're always constantly, you never know, probably so many people are all feeling, you know, lots of uncomfortable feelings all the time. We're all kind of mourning different losses of like ghosting and all this stuff that it's not really like a clear cut way to be like, oh, I'm going to send you flowers because you, that guy ghosted you. Like, you know, there's no way to express 
to somebody how much hurt you're feeling on an ongoing basis. So I only say that because that's why it's so important to reward yourself for every time that you're doing something brave, because that's how you kind of get into the mindset of like, okay, like, I know I'm always going to survive this. Like, even though those times that I've cried and blah, 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 like, I always got through it and I keep going. My other tip would be like looking out for yourself a bit. So like a lot of people will sometimes, I think they want to be super accommodating. I would say that's probably more women than men. But like, let's say a guy suggests like going to a brewery and like, you don't like beer. Like don't go on a first date to a brewery if you don't like beer, because you're already going to be mildly annoyed, I imagine. And like, just suggest somewhere else. Or like, I think just people want to be so kind of like, I don't want to be difficult. I don't want them to think that I'm like, you know, I'm like, can you imagine if like you just say yes to everything, what's going to be like to date that person? And then you start finally becoming yourself and have to ask for things. Surprise. And then they're going to be like, be like, wait, you never asked for anything before. If you don't like beer, don't have beer. Like if you don't want to go on a hike, don't go on a hike. If you don't want to be sweaty on a first date, which I would not go on that first date hike, just personally, not trying to go missing <laughs> and sweaty and like, it's too long too. It's like if, a bad, if it, like if it's a bad date on a drink, you can always leave. But if you're hiking, how are you going to leave? just stuck in the woods. Literally. Um, all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, I guess my kind of bigger overarching tip is just like, you want to make sure that you're going to have a good time. So anything that you can do to advocate for yourself and to make sure that like, you know, if you want to wear something that's like really makes you feel really confident, like I always wear my first date costume and <laughs> it's because I always, it's something that I feel confident in and I know I'm going to have a good time in it. And that's also it? why Tell us about it. I mean, it's nothing exciting. It's just like jeans and then a top and like it's a bodysuit top and then just like a little, it's really not anything like exciting at all. But, but for me, it's like, like really good. Yeah, in it. yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to go to the same bar because you always know that you have a good time there, like whatever you can do to kind of give yourself a heads up or like, a, you know, a couple extra things to make yourself incentivized to go to a date because a lot of times people will get into a habit of canceling dates, which I used to do as well, tallying up all these reasons to say no. Like, uh, he like, took too long to respond. Like he suggested somewhere I don't want to go. He was, he didn't offer to pay the bill, like all these things. And you want to always kind of avoid the no trap, I think. Mm, I love that. Avoidant. Another avoidant tactic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would be the flip side of that? Like, I'm curious, what would be your tip for the, like someone that's like too eager? Um... What do you mean by too eager? So I feel like what you're – literally, it's actually connected to attachment style. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like avoidance strategies are like very much like, I'm just going to say no and like I'm going to avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah. But then the other side of that is the anxious attachment style, which is oh, yeah. like, I'm available. Like, what do you want to do? Like, let's go on a date. Like, how are yeah. you? Hey, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's funny because I used to be more anxious and then I became more avoidant. And usually I know you're supposed to be more secure, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a detour to like the avoidance inside. It's actually the path to security from anxious oh, really? towards avoidant. Yeah. So oh, you're on the right yes. path. <laughs> yes. Okay. This yeah, is a breakthrough. Take a quick pit stop yeah. into the avoidant yeah. territory yeah. and then <laughs> get scared. Yeah. So I think I think that's why it's important to also temper your expectations on things because I can be an eager beaver. I know some people don't like doing this, but the more you can kind of date multiple people at the same time or like kind of hedge your bets and have other people who are in the pipeline or other things that can distract you and making sure that you're having a full-fledged life, like that it's not so dependent on this one person that you're like putting so much like expectation on. I think that's kind of how you can start tempering it or just even looking at their behavior and not so much about 
how you feel about them versus like, oh, do I like them? Like, would I be friends with somebody like this? Are they showing me, like, are they consistent? Are they putting in effort? Are they a good person? Are they kind? Uh, Sometimes all those things go out the window in my brain and I'm like, I just like them and I want them to like me. And then I get into like the, you don't want to be in the pick me energy, which I definitely used to be in, especially like in my early days of being uh, single, I would definitely be like, I just want them to like me. And that's all I want. And I just want to win. And I want to like chase them and hunt them down and <laughs> claim them. And it doesn't work, first of all. <laughs> and and it's also just way too much energy. Mm. We're tired. We're tired. Yeah. How did you get out of that? I think you have to get burned enough times. I was actually telling one of my friends recently, because she was like, oh, what should I do with this guy? And like, he doesn't sound particularly promising. I don't want to jinx it. Maybe he's different than the way she was describing, but I was like, oh, I had a really similar experience with somebody and like the behaviors are quite similar. But I was also kind of thinking in my head, like she's going to have to find out on her own and get really hurt that like I could tell her till the end of the moon, whatever that's, whatever that. Till the cows come home. I don't know yeah, why like, that came into my brain. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was looking for. Like till the moon comes home. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, you have to experience that kind of level of hurt and like disappointment. And like, also just also reflecting on your own behaviors. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I just was really a little bit too much on like, why would I chase somebody who doesn't want to, who doesn't see my value? Right. You know, right. and I kind of, reminding myself of like, I want something that's reciprocated. That's like not going to be like so intermittent where like the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. And you never really know if you're going to hear back from them and that they kind of keep you always wondering and they'll kind of sprinkle in some attention, but then like withdraw and then they come back and it's just like that kind of really unhealthy, toxic kind of interactions. But like most of modern dating that I've experienced has been like that. And I think it's common for a lot of people to feel like that too. So we can sometimes mistakenly recognize that like chemistry, but it's really just that really unhealthy attachment style that we're kind of, it's just familiar to us. It's not, you know, did that happen to you? I mean, yeah, like so many times, (laughs) but I have the fun reality of being fearful avoidant, which really means disorganized attachment style. So I didn't even recognize my like anxious where are you? Let's hang out. I just like saw my avoidance strategy of like, I'm too cool for school. But I like was basically ignoring the fact that I was very anxious and like really wanted people to like me and like couldn't let it go if they didn't like me. I mean, it was just such a make or break situation. But I love what you're talking about. Like you have to run into the fire and get burned so many times until you learn that lesson. And then once you learn that lesson, you're like, great, that's not for me anymore. Like, I'm yeah, done. it's just, Thank you. And it, it doesn't look appealing anymore. We're like, that's kind of, that's a lot of effort and look, sounds boring now. And I'm kind of hopefully, yeah. And I want to get to the point too, where it's like a bunch of my friends, I think I mentioned earlier, they all recognized that the guy that they were dating was different. And I'm excited for that where I'm going to be, because I've definitely know all of the avoided, you know, tactics that I've seen all of this toxic kind of narcissistic kind of vibes. So I'm excited to be able to recognize also like, oh, this one is different. This is, this is like a different person. Oh, I love that. And also I will say too, that like, I learned all of that in dating and it got me to like, you know, everyone says personal growth is like a spiral staircase. So like it got me to a certain point. Then like learned so much from my husband and we got married. And then after we got married, definitely started like up that spiral staircase again of like new like tactics that I was still engaging in that were insecure attachment style. So it's like 
And I've heard this too from other healers that like once you're in a relationship, then the real like personal growth like process actually does start because you learn so much from your partner and they're your mirror and like all of that stuff, all of these phrases that I've heard. And I'm like, my husband's not my mirror. And then when I really look at it, I'm like, oh my God, he is. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Yeah, there you go. You I've seem heard very prepared. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I read something today. It was about emotional unavailable people. And then it was like, you need to look inwards and see if you're actually unavailable. And I was like, ooh. I was like, I was like, let's not. I think that's too far. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. I was like, I see what you're trying to do, but I don't know if I agree. <laughs> thank you. Not ready. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I dismiss this idea. <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's so funny. You know what? The lesson's just like, you can ignore it, you can ignore it, you can ignore it, and then finally they'll come and you'll learn it. So Yeah. And I <laughs> feel like, yeah, it's just, we'll see. We'll see. You'll see. I love that. So what's your funniest dating story? Your, your okay. own personal funniest. So I went out with this guy and we went out in the mission at a wine bar. And then he tells me he has so much passive income that he decided that he was going to become a clown. And he was going to not only become a clown, he was going to start his own clown school database platform that he would sell because apparently a problem in the clown world is that they have trouble scheduling birthday parties or all these like logistical things. So he was becoming a clown and then he was going to create this whole like database for the clowns and like their whole ecosystem of the clowns. He had like his uh, Myers-Briggs in his profile, but I thought it was kind of a joke because everybody, I don't know, it just seems like it's kind of a, I mean, I think there's some truth to it, but like it's not. I don't take it as like fact. Right, right, right. And right. I forget what his was, but he asked what mine was. And so I told him and then he was like, oh my gosh, like, he's like, this is, this is like my, this is who I'm supposed to be with. <gasps> and I was like, um, <laughs> so this is kind of weird. And he was just asking me, a ton. then he started just interrogating me where he's asking me all these really weird questions. And then it got really weird. And so then. Uh, I forget how it ended. Like we must have talked about some other weird things because something something got particularly weird where I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And oh, he also like ordered a ton of meat and I don't eat meat. So like the preface this for like what's going to come next, because then I'm standing up to go because we are kind of, we're going to get the bill and like leave. But I was like, actually my, my lift got there early. And so then he's like, oh, do you have cash to like give me for the, and I was like, first of all, I didn't want any of this food. I didn't eat any of it. I think I got one glass of wine and he's like, it's okay. You could just Venmo me. It's fine. It's just like more, you can tell that like to my, how generous somebody is to me, especially if you just told me how much passive income he had and he has clown school coming up and who knows what else. So then I, the next day he texts me or he's like, Hey, Rachel, my name's not Rachel. He's like, Hey, Rachel had so much fun with you. Um, like, can we go out again? And then I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm not Rachel, but like, uh, I hope you I was like, it was fun meeting you. Uh, I don't think we're probably a match. Like, I wish you, like, the best of luck. Um, And then he calls me. And, yeah, immediately, like, immediately calls me. And then he, like, leaves me this long message about – he was, like, statistically speaking, we are the best match. I'm the best match for him. Yeah. And and then just, like – and he's like, oh, I didn't mean to call you Rachel. Like, I don't know how that happened. I mean, this is kind of, I think it's funny now because it was just like so funny that he became a clown. And he just like kept, and then he calls me the wrong name. And then he like leaves this long message. And then I was like, I'm not going to call him back. So I just texted him. I was like, hey, I got your message. Um, and then he was like, you're making like the biggest mistake of your life. Oh my God. Uh, 
And that he told me that I was the best match for him, which was like so funny because I'm like, shouldn't we be a match for each other? Like, <laughs> shouldn't it be like a mutual choice? I don't know much about these things, but I feel like it's not supposed to be like just, you know, you choose me and that I'm supposed to just like be there like as a little monkey to, you know, entertain him. <laughs> wow yeah so that's my favorite just because it's encompasses everything like clowns which are like just inherently a little bit scary uh and goofy and then just yeah i mean calling me the wrong name was like too much much. oh my god and also just like i love that he's dating by like the numbers like yeah talk about intense like you you rebecca sorry sorry rachel you just made the biggest mistake of your life yeah you're just like oh i think i'm willing to take that risk thank you sir but i am good yeah yeah i feel like yeah i mean most of like they're i feel like most of my dates are like mildly scarring but like really funny to tell like there's also lots of things that i've learned the hard way like you don't go to a warriors game for a first date because I love the Warriors, but if you go with somebody who has anger management issues that you only find out about after a couple of years in, you are stuck with somebody who is angry and, and you're a those captive are audience. Long. Those yeah. They're so long. They're so long. Yeah. It's like, I got to go to the bathroom and then I just watch the game somewhere else in the seat. <laughs> okay, bye. This is weird. See you later. <laughs> So many good stories. I feel like the kind of what you're talking about, the reward system of like dating, for me, the reward system is stories. I'm like, you oh, just, yeah. you can't make it up. Like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, you definitely can't. Like, I went out with a comedian guy once, and that we went to a, um, a zombie cocktail bar once. And then I didn't know some of my friends are comedians, and like, he told one of them told me afterwards, like, oh, he has like a really bad reputation. But I didn't know that until after. And then, yeah, he also, I'm pretty sure he was using me for some sort of comedy sketch or something he was going to like, like some joke or something. Uh, material. Uh, yeah, material. That's what it's called in the comedy world, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I was a punchline for a bunch of things where he was just poking and like prodding and trying to get a reaction out of me. Yeah. So like he told me that he had a bunch of guns under his bed and wanted to set the revolution of democracy on fire. And yeah, I, like just like really crazy stuff. Um, that was one of the few dates I've ever walked out on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for doing it and sharing your journey on your podcast. Is there any any other dating tips, anything that you want to share with anyone listening that may or may not be in the dating pool right now? I would say make the world your dating app. The, the goal of dating is not to suffer. It's to have fun. So the more you can have fun and like make sure that you are having fun, it doesn't even matter about the other person. As long as you're having fun, that's half the battle. And like, if you're not having a good time, like your day is 100% not going to have a good time. So you might as well make it as fun for yourself, which is why if you make the world your dating app, if you like, if you're not feeling the apps, like take a break. Um, don't be avoidant about it. Uh, but just kind of making sure that you're always looking out for yourself because you're not going to find somebody if you're like a Debbie Downer in general. Like it's going to be fun for you and it's not a good like way to exist as a human, I don't think. So might as well just have fun and like be really silly and embarrassing. Like, oh, I was going to tell you this. This is funny. Um, I've had a crush on this guy at the gym for the whole pandemic. Like as soon as the gym, like we could even go to the gym. I was like, I couldn't even see his face. He was wearing a mask. But I knew, I was like, that guy has swagger. I like him. I don't even know, need to know what his face looks like. I already like <laughs> I him. That. And so then the mask mandate came down and I was like, Okay. I was like, I know his face now. I like him even more. Okay. This is awesome. Oh, that's and lucky. Yeah. I was very lucky. I mean, we could have gone either way. Yeah. And so then last week at the gym, 
Okay, so there's like a zillion treadmills and I'm on the elliptical next to all the treadmills and there's like a bunch of elliptical cells on the end. And then he was initially going to a treadmill like far away, but then I like looked at him and then looked back and then he moved to the treadmill next to me. So he's like literally like we're not social distancing anymore. This was like so close. You're breathing the and same air. Yeah. I mean, it was too close for comfort where it was like we're both looking in the mirror and like I was just like staring like so awkward. And so then he's I was like, I'm never going to be in this exact position again, because if it's awkward, he'll never come to a machine next to me ever again. He'll probably stay far away. So I was like, Rebecca, put your big girl pants on. And you were saying, I was like, I was so gross and sweating, had no makeup on or anything. But I was like, when this guy stops running, you are saying something. That was your only goal right now, 730 in the morning. And so the only thing I could think of, because I'm just so, my brain doesn't really work, especially that early. So he stopped running. And so I just like pulled my little head thing out. And I was like, what did I say? Wait. So embarrassed. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I was like, isn't it so nice not having to wear masks anymore? <laughs> like, I just <laughs> isn't it great we're in a bar? Yeah, yeah we're yeah, I just not like, wearing masks I was, anymore. It's just like I just think of like this really stupid things. And then we like briefly chatted and then he his smile was like off the charts. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, success. I've talked to my gym crush and he's still my gym crush. So we have this is for so us. inspirational. <laughs> Seriously. You just have to be like little acts of bravery. You know, like, they're little really acts of bravery. Yeah. It's not like I went like I've been eyeing him for so long and I was like, how do I ever go up to him? I was like, I wasn't probably going to go up to him at the gym because I think that's so risky. Like it's I see it every day at the gym. Like it could go really <laughs> wrong really fast. So this was like I saw the opportunity and I was like, you must take this opportunity and run because this is never going to happen. I was like, yeah, I was, like, boom. Now I have to find yeah. out his name and then I can stalk him. But there we babies, go. Babies, I'm playing the long game here. That's where the anxious attachment comes in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there she is. She's back. She's back. Don't worry. She's still here. She was Sorry. hiding, but now she's back. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this. This is just like the best reframe on dating of like having more of like a positive approach to it and staying so true to yourself, setting boundaries, sharing your needs. I mean, it's all, this is like literally the path to personal growth. So I'm just so grateful to have you here. Oh, thank you. This has more. been so fun. This was like yeah. the best. That's so fun. It's amazing. So for anyone listening, how can they um, follow along with what you're up to? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dating in the Bay, B-A-E. I post funny things, like random things, my thoughts, just random things. It's so good. You're so funny. Seriously. Highly recommend highly recommend to follow. You're you're yeah. the best. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate of it. Of course. Thank you. This was super fun. And I still love your shirt. It's like the best. It's <laughs> it reminds me of Funfetti cake, which I think about more than the average person should ever think about Funfetti cake. Oh my god, we talked about Funfetti on my episode. Yeah. So I'm so excited it came around. Yeah. I was like, it's well, gotta come in. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, there we go. We've made it oh i love that (laughs) okay thanks again of course thank you that's it for today's show thank you so 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 much for listening i really hope you enjoyed if you have a moment and you're in the apple podcast app please rate and review the show i could really use all the ratings i can get And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N 
com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at It's Me, Sarah Cohan. And you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, Lit AF. And I hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>